What is going on, everybody? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. This episode is brought to you by Charm City Paintball. You guys are in the mood for some awesome headgear with amazing quality, uh, a, a touch of the special kind of vintage origins where you have all the nice heavy fabrics and the stuff that just not only wears well, but it wears nice, meaning it has a nice fade to it. Um, it's all handmade. It's all usually made in batches of less than 10. And he has all kinds of fabrics from like uh, real tree-like fabrics to some tiger stripes to some flying skull. He has all kinds of stuff. That's Charm City Paintball on Facebook and Instagram. It's all handmade by Mike himself. And I promise you that you will not be let down by these. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much it's artwork that you can wear. It's amazing. And it's all made by one guy. And uh, Mike has done anything from uh, from headbands to head wraps. He made some of the, uh, the pack bands that I had a little while back. But he really does amazing work. And you guys should really check him out if you're looking uh, to upgrade your headgear. Uh, nothing. There's no sublimation. Nothing like that. It's all nice, heavy, uh, like denim fabric. And, uh, and it's just amazing. He does great stuff. And I highly recommend you guys go take a look. And uh, I, you'll, you'll, you'll find something that you like and that you enjoy. And once you get it, you'll like it even more. I promise. So uh, big shout out. Charm City Paintball. And um, yeah, you can see everything new that he has on his uh, Facebook page along with his Instagram page. If you're on social media in one way or another. We are also brought to you by Melovio. That's M-E-L-L-O-V-E-O.com is a CBD company that has products out the wazoo. The wazoo. Uh, one that I enjoy thoroughly is the uh, CBD wildflower honey, which is actually uh, produced by the West Virginia Veteran Farmers. And they, they meaning Melovio, uh, donates 100% of the proceeds to the WVVF, and which I think is amazing. Um, big uh, hats off to the veterans. I think that what they do and they sacrifice is uh, is amazing, and um, it's just the the bravery and everything. I mean, in times like this right now, we all need to come together, and uh, we need to support one another, support the troops. We need to support paintball the companies within uh, paintball itself. And uh, this is a great company to get behind. They have amazing, I, amazing. I, I love using the amazing word. I think it's because I just watched uh, the movie Soul. And if you haven't watched that yet, you should really, really watch it because it's amazing. I My kids enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, but anyway, Melavio. They have products like the honey that I had just mentioned. They have uh, they have topicals. They have gummies. They have uh, flowers. They have pet CBD. It's all great. It all has and and at least works for me tremendously. I use a lot of the, like the salves for my knees. Uh, my dog loves the dog treats, and really can't get enough of them. I'm trying not to have him eat too many. I'm trying to remember to just give him one, but he loves them so much. And um, it's it's great product. I, I highly recommend it. I've been using it for a few years now um, and have just had a, amazing luck with it. So 
If you have any questions, please head over to uh, Melovio. That's again, M-E-L-L-O-V-E-O.com. And if you go ahead and tippity type in the promo code capital T-P-O-P, you'll get 15% off your entire order, which is amazing. So so thank you to Melovio and Charm City. This episode is with the one, the only, Jason Edwards of uh, of Damage. And I have been wanting to get him on here for a while, pick his little, pick his brain, and uh, kind of get his thinking. Which, surprisingly, I, I kind of had a feeling that he had kind of a mindset. Just the, the way he approaches the game and the way he plays and the shots that he takes and the, the the dominance and and accuracy that he has I was like I was like we got to be thinking alike in, in one way or another but yeah it was great having him on great hearing his story him and his brother's story and his, his family in general I had I had no idea that uh, that it was a family affair but uh, every one of these stories in these podcasts has been a surprise because there's so many people who have so many so much different but similar stories because um, we I mean we all have this paintball thing in common, but uh, just getting to where we are now, this similar place is it's just incredible to, to hear. But um, yeah, I had a great time, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. So uh, so here it is, podcast with Jason Edwards. We have two now. We have two <laughs> girls. We're trying for a third now, and then I'll be done. Oh, wow. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Um, I, we have two at the moment, and I was my wife and I were talking about a third, but then a, my boss actually was like him and I were talking, and uh, we're friends I guess now, and uh, he was talking about because he has three, and he goes, you know what? It's I, I it's a great idea. You want to you want to do three? That's awesome. But if you think about it, everything is based around a family of four. So as soon as you break that mold of like the family of four, you have to buy another chair for the table. You have to buy a, you got to go now in the middle of the two car seats in the car. You know, it's like th- this fifth wheel oh, is no, it's like going to be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I started thinking about it. It is insane. Like, like, I was the same way with my wife. I was like, cause I'm sports oriented. Like my whole family is. And I was like, two kids are perfect because like they're both going to do sports. Like we have two girls, but like we're still already pushing them into sports. Right. And I'm like, yeah. so you would go to one and I'd go to one. Now we had this third one. What happens? I'm like, exactly. and obviously like my mom's here now, but I was like, you know, so hopefully we can stack them close enough in age that they can do sports together. Yeah. But like, you know, my brother and I are eight years apart and I'm just like, I can't do that. Like if oh, it wasn't yeah. for paintball, Jake and I would be close. Like there's no way you can be close with someone eight years of, you know, difference in age. So like, yeah, I was like, I, I want at least my kids to be stacked and I don't want to be that old, old dad, you know, trying to run around with them. So <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm like 34 now. And I'm like, man, I just give me the third one. Hopefully it's not another girl, but if it is whatever, like we have everything already. So <laughs> yeah, well, you're good at girls already. So, you know, you made two, so your yep. chances are high for a third one, but I, I, yeah, I know I just turned 35 too. And I'm like, like, man, you know, I'm not, you know, that spring chicken anymore so just to be able to keep up like with i want to be able to still be active and be able to run around and do everything that i do now while he's you know gonna turn five here soon but i want to do that shit when he's like also 10 and 11 and 12 and you know be able to have those interactions with him where i'm not like having to like watch him all the time but kind of play along with him rather than be like all right you're right you good you good all right 
Yeah. It's fun though, man. Being a parent is, is a whole nother job on top of like this whole other level of, of love, appreciation, gratitude. It's, it's like all your emotions combined into this one thing, um, along with frustration and, and anxiety, <laughs> but, oh, but yeah. it's the best dude. Yeah. It literally tests like every nerve that you have, like, mm-hmm. and you feel every type of emotion possible. Like you said, frustration all the way up to, you know, just honest and like innocent, pure love. Like it's pretty crazy. But like, we just brought my two year old for the first time really to the paintball field. She's been to world cup and stuff, but like, I've never really brought her out to central Florida paintball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the nets are a little, you know, not so great out there and yeah, I'm trying to yeah. like, you know, watch her the whole time, but we're doing the pro invitational. My, my mom, and my dad drive out to watch. So they bring her and, and she just like, she had a field day and like, obviously the posters behind me. So like, mm-hmm. she already says like paintball, like she shoots the gun and stuff. But when she was out there, I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like she's enjoying it every day since then. She's like, daddy, we go paintball on this weekend. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, like she's, she's into it. Like she loves it. So, you know, like that, that's one of those things that like, it felt good for me because I honestly thought like you'd bring her out there, they'd get sunburned, they wouldn't like it, you know, whatever. And they get then bored quick. It's one of those, like, right, bef- right before this, she actually was saying, like, don't go paintballing, like, let's go to the zoo, let's do something else. <laughs> and, like, she's super smart, too, so it's like, yeah. I'm, I can't even really lie to her. Like, usually I'd be like, oh, I gotta go work. And she's like, no, no, it's the weekend. Like, she knows. So I'm like, Damn. Oh, wow, she's already but catching now on. She wants to go, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow, dude. Yeah, I took uh, I took my son to the, uh, the Level Up imitational down in Columbus and he was he was loving it just like people actually playing and just like kind of like the people all around in the atmosphere and uh he was digging it too I mean there are also other kids there but uh just because I have pictures that go down our stairwell and then I have a jersey like hanging up and everything and every time I go down the stairs with them they're like daddy 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 like even with the goggles on I'm like oh yeah that's sweet and and my son I want to play with my son and um he's only five at the moment but he'll like start putting on all my gear and everything and he pushes me to like want to start playing again too just so i can be relevant when he's old enough to play (laughs) yeah for sure keeps me young man i love it yeah at least now you can do like the 50 cal stuff with them like when they're what like eight or something i think so at least it's not as far away like i remember when jacob was growing up like i said we're eight years apart I'd have to like, I think I shot him at like 220, like 220 feet per second when he was like eight or something. And he still would cry. And traumatic. Then, like, you know, yeah. nine, we moved up. Yeah, it was like terrible. I'm like, all right, two, like I went up to 250 and like I had to like slowly bring it up. But like it was still like hurting him, but he wanted to play so bad. So that was like the way I would test it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, eventually like it worked like 270 was like the sweet spot for us. Like he could get shot, you know, if it was a hand shot, he would cry or something, but sure. yeah, so he started like actually snapshooting at like eight or nine years old, and like, if we would have had 50 cal back then, like, dude, I think he would have been, he would be even better than he is now, like, he would have probably started at like six years old. Oh, yeah, absolutely, I mean, you think about any anybody who, it, I mean, it, it's all about repetitions, right? It's all about who does the most amount of work, whoever does the most amount of work properly. I mean, that's, that's really, mm-hmm. because you can, you can do things, um, and look busy, but if you're not productive, then you're just kind of spinning your wheels in the mud. But if you can do something and especially learn from somebody like yourself, who is, you know, dedicated for, for me, at least, uh, from what I've seen and I've kind of, uh, took from you the, from years of playing and everything and watching you play and is, is your dedication to, to just accuracy control, um, 
and and mindset on the field and to be able to learn from somebody like you is you know a, a huge gift which i'm sure he understands that he was he was gifted with yeah definitely like it, it you can see it in him and keith because keith is like the other person that i trained pretty much like coming up and like both of them you know they're more athletic than i am like you know i like i was always bigger and then i lost the weight and now i've gained the weight where like they've always kind of stayed relatively in shape little keith is just in exceptional shape mm-hmm. so like they have that plus that mindset so it's cool seeing them play the front positions but like think almost like a back player like they yeah. don't have to be joystick as much so it's pretty cool i think that's why they stand out so much though too it's just like you know they were forced to learn like the actual mental aspect of the game and not just like the uh the fundamentals and like the skill set of the snapshots and everything right which which is huge uh too thinking about x-ball itself i mean you have to be able you know any player that steps on that field you have to be able to play any position on that field and not only just physically play that position but mentally play that position so you know the uh, just the whole roundedness of the player has just upscaled every year, and and the the skill level has just upscaled to an amount to where it's like, man, you nobody is a front player anymore, nobody's a back player, everybody's just a just a high level, high skilled paintball player on that field, and you know they call them ones and twos and whatever, but it's like. Dude, any of those players could play like a snake or a, a corner or, you know, shoot off the break and be accurate. I mean, granted, yeah, others yeah, are some might get better than others. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, dude, thank you so much for doing this, by the way. Um, I appreciate it. You're you're one that I've, I've always had on my list of uh, – I have a list of podcast guests need to get on immediately and somehow – cancellations and everything and everything's pushed you know how life goes but um oh, it's, yeah it's so hard yeah man uh but you have been playing for for a long time i've i've seen you on philly i've seen you on uh I, how about this i played against you on philly i played against you on the americans uh I played against you on damage um and you have been just a solid player uh from from day one and I kind of want to dive into that and in how you kind of become this dominant player that has really been able to step in whatever position needed on on every team that you played for um so how did you how did you kind of come come about paintball and it kind of take over your life like it has so I actually had uh, Anjkan slaughter disease, like the growth disorder that's like, you know, you don't have cartilage in your knee to your shin joints. So like really? my knees would rub together. So I was, uh, yeah, so I was like a travel baseball player. That's all I did was baseball 24-7. Um, so I, mean, I was a catcher. So it started to hurt and it was Ooh, harder yeah. and harder and harder. So like a bunch of us on the baseball team went and started doing BB gun wars. And like, it was just like this fun thing. Um, so the doctors started telling me I needed to reduce the amount that I was playing baseball and I was playing in three different leagues. Mm. So I was like, all right, what do I do other than play, you know, baseball? So we started doing these BB gun wars. Well, we ended up getting in trouble doing BB gun wars cause we were just doing it out in like, you know, the neighborhood basically. <laughs> um, and a cop told us about paintball. So like myself, um, my best friend at the time, his older brother, which was another baseball player. And like two others, we went and, you know, whatever we could afford, we bought, you know, those paintball guns. Right. Um, so like we had stingrays, spiders, you know, the whole low end, you know, guns. And um, I went to a, it was like a paintball store called Paintball Shack, like down here by my house. And literally the people were so nice. Like 
and immediately invited us to a private field because like at that time there was like random private fields a bunch of public fields um when in florida and i was just like instant yeah okay so born and raised in florida this was all on like the east coast side like orlando so like i was hooked like the second i went from shooting people with bbs which you know is cool it is what it is but everyone lies anyway because we're all super competitive so you never shoot anyone unless you can make them bleed which is actually (laughs) what happened um so like the second i got like into paintball and you know i saw my first like shot hit someone and it breaks and they come out i was like wow now this is awesome and it was like that adrenaline rush because like i said i grew up playing tournament baseball um my parents like my dad was like a professional uh softball player like slow pitch softball oh nice my mom played softball my sister played like travel softball so the whole family's competitive so like I get into paintball and I started doing it. I started falling in love with it. Well, when all of a sudden my mom, my dad, and my sister play now too. So we start this whole family team. We start traveling around the world playing. And then obviously like I move up the ranks faster just because at that time I'm extremely athletic. Like I'm the young one. Right. It's a male dominant sport. Right. So like I started moving up the ranks and luckily for me, Frank Connell was in our area. So like, obviously I knew he was pro. I knew who the all Americans were and everything like that. I lived where like Jacksonville warriors would practice and a bunch of other pros. So I was lucky, but I just like would never stop trying. I watched every video possible, everything that I could do to make myself better. Like I used to get checked out of school. Like if I knew I was already having passing grades to go do drills (laughs) and it got to the point where like, I never went to a prom, a homecoming, any kind of like field trip. Like if I could take the time to do paintball, I did paintball. It got so bad that my senior year, I actually got expelled because I was writing my own uh, notes to go play paintball (laughs) and got caught. And I had 123 absences in the first period, and there's not even like, you know, 100 and some days in school, and then like 76 in the others. But the problem was, too, I was on Philly and I would fly to practice. That's when there was like three leagues or whatever, the seven man. Uh, Millennium and PSP yeah. mm-hmm. so I would fly for all these practices well when you fly back on Sunday like I'm sure you know you've flown for practices it sucks like I'm not gonna wake up and go to school so I'd go half days on Monday just yeah. on Friday so it, it, it just added up super fast so anyway my senior year I was homeschooled which for me was honestly the best thing I've ever done because I've always been like a self-driven person so like I just would crush my work and then go play paintball and like there was no excuse like I could play as much paintball as possible and uh, I'd say that was the year that like I became the best player I could be was just having that extra free time and like I wouldn't recommend that to anyone like hey quit school and do this but like that was the path that I knew I wanted like I was really extremely good at baseball I could have had a scholarship I could have probably gone further but I just fell in love with paintball and like my dad was one of those people that was like he wanted me to go to school obviously and he wanted me to like get an education and stuff but he was you know always preaching to me like you know life is short you never know what's going to happen do what you love obviously you love this it's like you've been all over the world you know you're such a young person no one's ever done this stuff you know you do this if that's what you want to do and he just stood by my side and i just kept playing paintball and like i would never look back at it and say i made the wrong decision yeah well absolutely man and luckily you had parents like that who were like hey you need to recognize that life is short and there are many more opportunities out there than just these, you know, picture frame, ordinary, you know, ordinary things like a football or baseball or college or not saying that anything like that is bad. But I think I think another thing about paintball, which is very attractive to to uh, guys like us, who I, I played baseball, too, when I was younger and just the competitive nature of it. Yes. But I think because it was 
so much different than everything else that I've done growing up, competitive competitively, um, that and it was it was so much more different, but so much more intense than everything that I've done. And it's weird because you know I've gotten cracked on the football field, and I've hit I've I've almost broke records at you know in high school for baseball stuff, and I've had like highs of high level career stuff if you want to call it that in high school to to possibly go to college but this this paintball thing just gave me this weird like it was it was a drug to me and I didn't I didn't do really that much at all in high school I didn't drink um I smoked a little bit but um but this thing was like this was my I was the same thing about you I who cares about a dance who cares about parties who cares about all this stuff this is this is what I want to do and um yep yeah man it was it was the exact same road I I completely know exactly where you're coming from um so when you i'm gonna kind of go back and backtrack a little bit to when your family started playing together and you obviously everybody started taking it more serious because and and you were progressing um around what time like what was the timeline on that that year and when did you kind of did you go out and search for a team to play for or did a a team approach you uh and, and kind of start you on your tournament track um, so my parents and I, like our family team was kind of like a fun thing. Like we would play, you know, local events as a, as a family, um, almost like right off the gate. Like I excelled and would go to better regional local teams, you know? Um, so one of them was this team called Rex, which, you know, unless you're from Florida, you would have no clue, but like we, we won, um, the big event in Pittsburgh, which was like, uh, uh, what was that three rivers paintball like the international amateur open like we actually won a lot of large events um, that team got adopted to be Jacksonville Warriors B team mm-hmm. um, it was a lot different than the Jacksonville Warriors that they were shooting cockers and stuff we had you know whatever guns we wanted to shoot um, it was just more so like they used us to pull players from sure. well our team was getting so good that no one wanted to leave so when they would try to grab players no one would go <laughs> eventually they got like a couple guys because you know those guys just didn't have the money to keep playing paintball right. and you know the pro team was a free ride so they took a few um, but like time frame the one that I remember the most is um, so we always played Skyball like in Canada that was like our family big event like let's go there and and Mardi Gras uh, mm-hmm. the New Orleans event the New Orleans New Orleans ones was all simple nothing ever happened but our very last Skyball is when XO took over instead of Zap um, I went pro so I was already on the All Americans yeah it was when NXL started so I think I was 15 years old so that's like oh four like uh. Oh, before Maybe that, 03. I graduated in 05. Yeah, so I think it was like 02, 03 area. Yeah. Um, so I just went pro, but like I wasn't like known. You know, like when you just get there, like you're just like, oh, like people are like, man, that kid's really young. Like, you know, and I'm sitting on the bench. Like I'm not really playing on, you know, the All-Americans. That's back when there was no kids that were pro. Like there was, mm-hmm. they were all like 25 plus, right? And I'm just like this little jit in the corner that couldn't drink or anything. So we go to the first two events, uh, New Orleans and uh, L.A. I don't get any playing time. So, you know, Daryl Trent tells me, he's like, hey, the best thing to do is to drop down to the All-A's too. And uh, you'll play a whole bunch and you'll be with Ryan Moorhead and like everyone else that you know. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, let's do it. So I go there. And that year, like, I remember just getting extremely good at paintball. Like, 
because I now I'm traveling, you know, to play for practices. Like I'm taking it way too serious, basically. <laughs> um, but like, so anyways, anyways, we end up going to Skyball, and uh, the one person that called me out was uh, it was one of the Blonsky brothers, and he was sandbagging too. So like, it was funny because I remember like, all right, no one's gonna know who I am. So I see him, and I think he was playing with like, uh, you know, Doc's Raiders kids team or something. Like somehow, like got in, you know, with them. Well, they're about and the same height. I realized like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he looked young. But I realized he wouldn't take his mask off, and I wasn't taking my mask off. And you remember back then, it was like, you play a five-man match, you walk away. Mm-hmm. You play a five-man match, you walk away. And, like, I would just not take my mask off. I didn't want to take the, the risk of, you know, getting caught. Well, eventually, like, we ended up getting in, like, the top three or something. They are, too. Um, and it was just funny because we both looked at each other, and, like, we had that, like, hey, like, I see you. You see me. We've seen each other all year. Let's just leave it at that. But it was just that was the time where I was like, all right, we can't play together anymore. Like I told my parents, I was like, unless it's like, you know, unless the ranking adds up, like this is just not worth it. Because in my head, like the whole weekend, I remember thinking like, man, could I, what would happen if my parents spent this money to fly all the way to Canada and play this tournament? And like, it's a family vacation. Mm-hmm. And then I get us kicked out for sandbagging. Cause we've already been not my family, but like I've been kicked out of a tournament before for sandbagging at that point. Mm-hmm. This would be my parents, you know. I, I just like the whole weekend sucked. Like I was like, that I was like, I can't play with you guys anymore. And yeah. they actually all just kind of stopped playing. Like they just were like, all right, well, I think we're done. And uh, we owned a few paintball fields and stuff, so like they would, you know, go out and shoot. But um, they, they more so like wanted to, to do like the work inside of the paintball field and not play anymore. And which helped me because now I could just play as much as I wanted. So they did they own uh, the paintball fields while you were coming up, like getting into paintball, or prior to you getting? Into no, paintball? it was like midway, midway, and like so we didn't own a paintball field for probably like the first uh, three or four years that I was playing. Um, right around that like 2002 eras when we started to like to own a paintball field and the first one was you know no good it was a it was a well-known field out in a like it's called Bithlow Florida um it's still a paintball field actually but it was just owned by someone that we couldn't really work with um it right. lasted a little while and then we opened up a field that we you know actually had a huge impact on players in uh, the east coast of Florida it was called Indian River Paintball we had a lot of like big name players and while I while we owned that field um, I actually went and played with Rage. So, like, that was, like, a perfect time frame because that's when 7-Man was big and X-Ball was big. So it made a uh, – that one was probably, like, the most memorable field. Um, we wanted to, you know, jump right back into it again. Eventually that land sold. Like, you know, usually you don't own the land as a paintball field and yeah. unless you get lucky. So leasing. That one sold, and honestly, we were just – we owned a construction business at the time, too. I was traveling nonstop. My sister moved out at that point. Um, and my younger brother was super young. Like at that time, he's probably 10. So my parents were just like, my dad wanted to do it. My mom was like, I'm done. Like, right. She was like, I need my weekends back. And uh, yeah. we stopped doing it. Now it's funny because like everyone to this day is like, you know, upset that we don't own a paintball field still. Like they, <laughs> all their friends, everything. Like, you know, it's just funny. Like the mom and dad, but like they're the legit mom and dad to everyone that will come to the paintball field. So now they miss that. Like yeah. now that people are slowly, you know, going off and getting married and disappearing they missed that like man we had such a, a good connection with everyone in the community type thing no oh, yeah i mean having having 
the entire family be involved in it, it has to be a big plus. I mean, there, there's pros and cons to everything, but I'm sure that the, the yeah, pros outweigh the cons. Um, so with with your parents owning a field, did you, I would have to imagine and assume that you took advantage of that and, and went out and did drills and took all the time, all the free time that you had into honing your skills on the field itself. Yeah, nonstop. So, and like the awesome thing was at that point I was pro with the last field, the first field, I don't even really count it. Like we didn't own it as long as we could have. It was more of like the, the learning grounds to go and own our own better field. Sure. So the second field, Indian river paintball, that's, you know, I was already playing. We knew Frank Connell because I've already played with him. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of different teams have come and go. So at this point, like one of the years I remember, frankly, I was on rage rage had a ridiculous paint sponsorship and none of the guys in Orlando played paintball like ever. They only played tournaments, Travis day, Kenny Clamper, Marky, Ziggy, all of them. I was like the guy that played paintball every weekend, nonstop had the younger brother that I'm training, Keith Brown, a kid's team, like everything. So we would get a skit of paint just for those Orlando guys and they would never play. So they'd be like, Hey, how much do you, I would just literally say, Hey, how much do you want? Give me all of it. Share of paint. (laughs) Exactly. And so like, they'd be like, I don't know, 10 bucks a case maybe. And I would just, all right, here you go. And I would just literally have a skit of pink premium paint and I would just shoot anyone and everyone that was willing to come to the field. And the best thing that worked out for me was, you know, Jacob was really young, so I could only shoot him so much. But uh, remember Josh Nevius, Dimples, he ended up playing with Strange and everything. Yeah, yeah. So his dad was just like I am with my brother. So his dad's like, hey, man, like I want my kid to get really good at paintball. Well, his dad starts checking him out of school and bringing him down there and letting me shoot him and running through drills nonstop. And oh, nice. Like just having people like that and then having, you know, Jacob and Keith and a whole farm team basically that I was like training, it made it to the point where like, I probably played paintball like four or five days a week, like for a whole year. And it was, I remember being so good. Like it was one of those things where it was like, wherever you pointed, you shot someone. Like it was like, oh, okay. We're now like, I'm lucky to play one day a weekend. Sometimes I miss a week. So it's like, mm-hmm. I can feel my shots like there, but not like that. Like right. when I owned a field, it was insane. Oh dude, I'm sure. And I'm, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big proponent of accuracy over volume. There's a lot of people on this that have probably heard me say that so much, but I, I a hundred percent stand by it. Um, that you have to, yeah, there's, there's team drills and all this other shit, but dude, if you can't hit something, it's the name of the game, dude, it's paintball. You have to shoot somebody with a paintball. And if you can't do that with one ball, like with one ball on the corner of a lens or like a, a a shiver, uh, or a sliver of a loader, or anything like that, dude, it's like, that's not fun for me. If, if I can do that, that's what's fun. And I think those those big oh, yeah. shots like that um, are huge, are huge in games to be able to just clip people out and, and by only seeing a pot or, you know, a corner of a pot or whatever. But there's so many people that shoot so much fucking paint all over the place that eventually they'll hit them. But, dude, if I can do that with the least amount of paint possible and then move on to the next thing, I would much rather do that. It's just it's less time consuming. I also maybe have oh, yeah. a little ADHD, which I just want to continue <laughs> moving forward. But at the same time, it's like it it feels like a waste of time sometimes of if like just shooting a bunch of paint. That's why for me, like I would I would much rather have paint that bounces but shoots straight than squirrely squirrely paint. Like or or like oh yeah, just just for like the reason of. 
I'll bounce you all day. I don't give a shit. Like I won't get mad at that. I'll be like, okay, I'm. I just tell me if I'm bouncing you. But if I can at least see my paint shooting straight, I'm fine. But as soon as like it starts getting squirrely, I'm like, I'm, I'm worthless. I'm fucking worthless. This is ridiculous. I can't. I can't work with this. Yeah, I just want to quit at that point. Oh. Like if it's super squirrely, like so my, you know, you you see me play a bunch. Like mine is accuracy. Like everyone yeah. sees me carry 11, 12 pods, but like. I preach. If you would go to a four pod limit, I would love paintball that much more. Like it's the 100%. most athletic look. Every pack is made for four pods. Everyone's back. Even like, you know, me who is a, like, I'm a larger person or someone as small as Keith, four pods just looks right. Like every mm-hmm. picture looks right. When I go play for fun, I carry four pods. If I go to a tournament, it all depends on the layout. Sometimes it's 11, sometimes it's six, you know, whatever. But four is like, I know sometimes I shoot as much paint as I can, as fast as I can to get down to five or four pods like just so i feel like oh i'm, I'm there now i can run around <laughs> yeah so like i always preach that but yeah like the second it's squirrely like especially at practice i'm done like that you took me out of my game my most favorite thing like you said i want to be able to like pull up and make that shot count and i want to be able to hit you at times where you're like damn like was i sticking out and i'm gonna be like ah just a tiny bit like mm-hmm. i actually enjoy shooting people in the barrels on like fun weekends <laughs> yeah. and just being like that like don't worry about it don't worry about it like you know you suck your barrel out and then hitting it again like yeah but if i can't hit that barrel with a one ball like i'm done like i get pissed off and mm-hmm. one of the things jacob and i practice a ton is one ball snap shooting and it's like you know we do that and we, we do a lot of camping and we used to play like you know how like the basketball game horse and everything yep we do that with paintball and like yeah you know, dude i do the same thing yeah but like paint's not what it used to be like it's hard to get like you got to have the right hookup on paint to get like that straight paint back in the day like that pink premium and stuff i remember like we would call things out 100 yards away and rip it all day like with one ball now it's like a little bit scarier like you got to hope you got a good paint sponsor there's a yeah. lot of bad paint out there yeah dude i i enjoyed playing you guys because i, I knew that i had to play tighter than normal if if that makes any sense, just because and I and I know that I had to make my shots count because I knew you fuckers were accurate too. So it's like it, it's and it's not that I played loose in general, but it's just like against you in general, against your brother. Um, when Tim was on the team, just like you guys and and with Keith, honestly, everybody, everybody on your team. I just listened to uh, the podcast or video cast, whatever the hell it was with um, with Maddie. And um, can't I just cross you? What's his fucking name? Your guys' coach, right on the tip of my tongue. Joey Blue. Joey Blue. That's Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. I, I, he was naming off your guys' roster, and I was just like, oh yeah, killer. Oh yeah, killer. Oh yeah, killer. Um, fucking Brian Smith, dude. He is super underdog. He's a nasty like, one. Super dog. underrated, dude. He's like, he is yeah. like the sneakiest, quietest little ninja mouse out there. Like. It's it's ridiculous, but I I enjoyed playing you guys because I felt like the the level of intensity not only was up, but also the just the level of the small nuances of shit that you can't let slide now because you guys you little fucking hit flaps of of a pack just just anything, and um I always go back whenever I think of you and your brother I always go back to we played you guys I was playing for aftershock um. And it was maybe uh, 16. I believe it was 16. It might have been Chicago. Uh, I could be wrong. But we were, it was an overtime game. And on the way to getting there, I think the overtime point was I like, I got in the snake. Um, 
I think I ended up kind of sneaking in. I ended up shooting your brother like quick on, on his head check. I ended up one balling him. And then I came up, I shot Tim. And then um, uh, we had a guy run down um, on the Dorito side, but he got shot. And then I tried to run for the uh, for a bunker on your guys' field, got shot, got center punched in the chest. Fuck. And then I think that same, and I think that was to go into overtime or something. But anyway, but then there was that same game. There was another point where you were out of paint, and I believe uh, Rob Velez still had some paint on him. And you remember, you fucking, you fucking, you, uh, I don't even know if you had a loader on your fucking marker at this point, but you loaded up oh, one ball. Yeah. yeah, you loaded one ball, and I believe you just saw him running, and you just went, thoop, and you just threw one out, yep. and it was just like, like I started laughing because I was so impressed, dude. Because I get off on that shit too. Because I just I live off of the accuracy that I have that I have, you know. And seeing somebody else do the same thing, I get a kick out of. Obviously, it fucking sucked because we lost the game. But like little moments like that, I just I have to smile because I respect and I appreciate the time put in for those moments and those little things to to, to overcome and to. To see, like, it's almost like an old school feel because it's not like a bunch of paint being thrown around and everything. It's just the, those those moments where that one ball counts. And, like, I tip my hat to you yeah, in yeah. person. I, I don't think I've got to do that. But it's I it's amazing to be able to see you guys work. Appreciate it. Yeah. And, like, those shots you have to have faith in. Like, I remember picking up the paint. And so that was two different tournaments, actually. The one with the rundown and everything was Atlantic City and – your guy went to bunker Joe Barrett and somehow That's like right. didn't put paint on him. Yep. Yep. And like that was a close one. And then the other one was Vegas because I remember it was hot and I remember looking down to the paint and thinking like you guys were beating us at that point. It was like three on five and we pulled it back. Everyone died except for me and Rob. And we did like the switcheroo on the field. Like yep. he left the snake. So I went. I was getting low on paint, so I'm going to like get close and he runs away. And he still he had like four pods somehow shooting paint. Eventually he was down to like one pod, yeah. and like I never run out of paint. And I remember missing like so many one balls where I was like, all right, I'm gonna get him with this one, bang. And like they were always like inches. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right. And I remember looking at the ground, thinking, all right, we're in Vegas, like it's hot, but it's not you know wet and humid. So one of these balls is gonna be good. And I picked up two balls, and he gave me a head check, and I remember like shooting and it breaking and i was like oh hell no and like pulled out my squeegee i made sure oh my god you broke your first ball top of the bunker yep and i stood (laughs) over the bunker like i was in the snake on my knees but like head never went down so i was just gonna dodge and be shot Mm -hmm. i remember squeegeeing turning it fluffing it like i was like muzzle loading i was like this is my shot right here and i expected him to run and shoot because i could see the pod when he moved and i was like he's gonna like try to pin me down Mm -hmm. like i'm in the snake go figure i'm gonna trade at least and like he moved from one bunker to the other to get to get closer to the you know the button and i remember like he went gunned down and i was just like like it was like duck hunter and i was like oh, well man. that was dumb and i like i you knew it hit because like at, for some reason that game our crowd like was huge remember like it was a huge like mm-hmm. you know following in the crowd for both teams and they they went nuts but i remember watching it go in and you know how guns are with that first shot drop off shot like i just it was like a laser beam i was like oh yeah he's done and i got up and like when hit the button and I was like that yeah that sucks like I feel bad I felt bad for him I was yeah, uh, hurt, but I felt bad I was like man this thing's gonna get played on social media like 10 times like you know just because like I am a brand manager for Bunker Kings now like mm-hmm. for now I think about stuff like that I'm like man this would be all over social media like kids at the field would be like hey play me in one-on-ones and I'll like look around oh yeah there's no one recording like let's do this because <laughs> anyone can shoot anyone at any given time yeah. and I'm like 
you know, and all you gotta do is head check and the ball's right there waiting for you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, yeah, okay, we can play one on ones. Like, let's go. <laughs> but yeah, I felt bad about that shot actually. Yeah, dude. Well, you guys were really good that year. You, you know, we have always, you know, when I was with when I was with Shock. I felt like we always had really, re- almost, I would say, great games against you guys. We it, w- yeah. it was always coming down to at one point or an overtime point or something like that. We've we've always just just punched back and forth and back and forth. And for some, when we won New Jersey, you guys were the only team that beat us. Dude, you know there was another event. Um, I think it was two thousand. I think it was sixteen too. When Impact was, or maybe it was, yeah, I think it was sixteen. Um, and Impact was just fucking. I think it was Vegas sixteen, and Impact won that. I believe they won that event. I could be wrong. My memory's a little shoddy, but we beat them by like a point or two, and we're the only. We were the only team who beat. Like, we tend to have that shit. Like, we have those moments of like, of greatness. Um, well, not even of greatness. Of just of just what we should be doing and how we should be playing, and then for some reason we just shit all over the place for the you know next two games or three games or whatever or I mean I see the thing is not even have we would usually have just one really bad game that really sucks a dick like during every event but if we were like two and two or one and three those those other two games that we lost were by one point normally or an overtime game and it just sucks because we weren't able to kind of keep that core together to be able to turn those games over uh, the next year or something like that. Um, yeah, you guys were always on a rebuild. It felt like yeah, and it was just it was so tough, man. It was so tough because you don't you don't want to consistently be on a rebuild because then you never have no. you never have an actual team because you're constantly constantly rebuilding, and uh, if you have these moments of 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 lightness, you're like, oh man, this is what it could be, and then something fucking happens and it's like oh, god damn it dude we need those two years we need those two and a half years uh two two years in an off season to be able to to you know correlate everything and have everything come together but it's like it just never come together and um you know bringing it back to you guys it was we always had uh, great fights and i always loved playing against you guys and um it was uh it's just really cool to see in moments like that it's it's I just I just like the accuracy part of the game, man. I the the volume oh, part. Yeah. There's there's people who love to shoot their guns, but I like to I like to shoot those one balls and be able to like I I will verbally get mad at myself on the field for like missing small shots like that with one ball. Like I'll be fucking pissed. And um, oh yeah, and you count them too. Like you're counting them up. You're like, oh, how did I miss two of those shots? Yeah, like, oh my, what's yeah. going on here? But I think like with any very well-rounded and uh and at least a paintball player who has that kind of mindset you uh you forget about it though well i at least never let it get to me like i know i missed that shot in the moment i would fucking hate myself but then i would let that second pass that that moment tiny little moment pass and go okay back on the job like there's there's always another one in the chamber you know what i mean so it's like yeah and you have to have that um that that rebound moment otherwise you're going to dwell on shit and it's just going to eat you alive and now i think i think that happens a lot or at least happened a lot earlier in in my career was like if i got shot twice off the break i was like fuck what's going on you know and this and that and then you know later as the experience piled on it was it was more uh you know being able to dude it's it happens people are shooting at you yep so <laughs> you, you move on um so I want to go. I want to go back to uh, the beginning of your career again. So how did you? 
was it Frank that got you onto Philly? And then what was the transition like, or how was the transition from Philly to Rage, was it? Um, I think I bounced around a little bit more than that. Uh, I jumped around so much after Philly, but so Frank was the one who got me to the tryout for the All-Americans right when 10-Man was dying and NXL was born. So they started to, you know, realize we might need some youth, huge rosters, 20-player rosters, so there was room to add people to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, they did an invite-only tryout down in Fort Myers. So I've already been playing against Frank at local fields and stuff. Um, you know, he got to know us really well, like my family and I. We got to know him. So he brought myself and, like, four other guys from, you know, his field. He actually owned a paintball field at this time mm-hmm. that he thought, you know, was good at paintball and could be pro. Um, I would say some of the guys he probably thought could have potential to be good pros and then other ones that were, you know, pretty much ready to go in if they wanted to do, like, the larger roster, young kids running far type thing. Right. Um, and at that point, like, I was – 14 15 years old and i loved going down the center of the field like that was my thing so you know we went to the trial and it was at extreme rage and i just like played really good it was one of those things where like you know i've never actually been a person that likes tryouts at all i hate one-on-ones yeah. uh, like i love one-on-ones in a tournament like it ends up in a one-on-one but i hate like the you ready you know three two one go one-on-one like mm-hmm. i'd much rather just play five on five and it turn into it um, so like they did a lot of things in their tryout where it was just five on five paintball. Eventually they're like, Hey, let's do a one-on-one contest. Well, I won that too. So that was like one of the things that like stood out, I think. Yeah. Um, the only problem I remember having, which you never want to have in a trial is I went through like four guns, like everything was just breaking, like, you know, and at that point, like I was, you know, just a divisional type player. So I mm-hmm. just had random guns, everything I bought and my parents brought some guns, you know, whatever. So I remember my dad came down with me and he just kept pushing me. He was just like, whatever, if the gun breaks, you know, grab a gun and go. Just don't miss like a point on the thing. Yeah. And these guys played a bunch. Like for two days, like they played a ton. Um, you know, we had a hotel down there, everything. And I knew I played really good. I wasn't 100% sure if like I made it because they brought in pros from other teams, you know, from 10-man teams. Um, now that there was going to be this NXL thing, Adam and Billy Gardner obviously had the money to spend. So they're buying some, you know, name players at this time. They already had a stacked roster from their 10 man era. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, whatever. Well, you know, they, they tell me, Hey, you made the team, you and Ryan Moorhead and a few of the other guys, you know, you're young. We're going to try to get you out there and play. So in practices, we played a bunch. Like they would just let you play and play and play. You get to the event and you know, the first event we go. I'm like, all right, I'm all geared up. Super cool getting free gear, of course. Like, you're, like, stoked about that. But right. get geared up. These guys are beating people pretty good, but, like, I'm not playing at all. I'm like, all right. So, like, I'm never one of those people. Like, I will ride the bench. I know I've got to prove myself. I'm a young kid, whatever. So I'm just quietly sitting there. They, I think they won the event. Like, they, they crushed everyone. Um, we go to California. Same thing happens again. Um, sit in the bench. Like, every time I'm like, all right, I'm probably going to get out there and play in this one. I don't play. I'm like, all right, that's weird because I like played really good in practice. Right. Um, again, like everyone would always tell me, man, just you know, chill, like you're doing really good. Like I would never say it out loud, but you could tell, like, people were like, Man, you're really good, like you should play. Well, then the coach comes up and talks to me, Daryl Trent, who I completely respect, and he was like, Honestly, man, I want to play you. I just have never like you're just so young. He's like, I don't know, like you're so young. So that's when they told me about the All Americans too, and they're like, Why don't you just go down here? and play on like the semi-pro team All-Americans too, and you're going to play a whole bunch. And I was like, so I 
stuff to fly out for practices and everything like you know just try to figure out like the logistics of it right and they're like yeah everything's taken care of just you know go down there you ryan moorhead all these guys everyone's like you know middle you know close to your age and just a little bit older not like this team mm. at that point that sounded great to me like i didn't care about being pro i just wanted to play a lot of paintball and be good at paintball so i went and it was the best decision ever like the all they do was so much fun mm. and then um that's when teams got forced to either play pro seven man or pro X ball. Remember that? So infamous, yeah. which was Miami effect turned into infamous and chose seven man. That slot opened up. Billy Gardner bought it. And so the all A's two became Miami effect. So yeah. that's when I went from the all Americans to Miami effect. That team had, it was like the aftershock had tons of talent all year, every year, every season we're adding new players. Couldn't win. Like we just, it was like a curse. Like we would have superstar team, but we just couldn't put it together. Like half the rage guys were on it one year. Like we right. just couldn't ever come together as a team because every year we were adding and subtracting players. And, um, eventually, you know, like that team is let go. And I, that's when I started jumping around to different teams. I went and tried out for excessive. I actually went there with like strep throat and everything. I had a really good tryout. Um, what year was it? What year was the excessive spot. tryout? Oh, oh five maybe it was the year i went to rage actually so i think it really? was i think those i don't know i'm so bad with the years like <laughs> all paintball is just meshed together yeah but it was uh you know like it was when they were winning everything like they just had like one of their sweet seasons and like that was the team that everyone wanted to play on well i was like i was super young i'm like hey i'm, I'm gonna try to like go to california and play and see what it's like over there practicing with teams right um so i flew out for a trial and, you know, they didn't say, hey, you have a spot. They didn't say, hey, you don't have a spot. They were just like, hey, come back to this next one. And right. at that point, I was like, I came out here. I got, like, strep throat. I'm sick. I played really good. I was like, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't have the experience that I thought I was going to have. And right. honestly, like, I liked some of the guys. I didn't like all of them. And for me, like, that was that thing. Like, I just came from a team where on, like, Miami Effect and all these two, we were all, like, best friends at this point. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I wanted that thing again. This felt like the original all Americans, a lot of older guys, like not my style of like, you know, team at that point, they were good. Yeah. But I was like, I, I don't want to do this. So I ended up coming back and I played with rage and that was like the best thing ever. Like that was like the tight knit closest paintball team you could play on. No one messed with anyone. Everyone had each other's back. Um, and eventually I just had super bad luck. That team ended up collapsing after two years or three years. Um, I went to play with, I played an event with strange, I, it was the same thing didn't like it like you know i played la with them it was fun whatever had a lot of good friends on the team but it wasn't the team that i knew i wanted to do a whole year with mm -hmm. so i went there as a guest player like i made it clear um and then i left and i went and played with the raiders which is actually a lot of like current damage players um a lot of ex-strange players oh, that's true so yeah. they were all like you know yeah so they were like my friends and around my age and everything and then people that i haven't played with we're all like a very similar playing style. And then some of the hurricane kids were playing on there, like Thomas Mantoni, Billy, um, someone else. But yeah, so then that was it. And then from there on, it was just a spiral of teams. Every time I went to fell apart, like eventually, you know, Raiders fell apart. And then I went to Arsenal. Arsenal fell apart. That's right. That's right. You to... did play for Arsenal. I was questioning that. I was like, yeah, I had Arsenal written down. I was like, Arsenal question mark. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Yep. And, like, I'd always go back. Like, I went and guested with Rage for an event. Just, like, you know, every time I was jumping. Um, when I was with Rage, I also played with the Warriors because Rage didn't play X-Ball. So, like, there was, like, a 
seven year span where I was on more teams than I can count. And it was like always unfortunate luck. Like I'm a guy like when I'm there, I'm there like mm-hmm. until the end. And it was like, every time I got there, it was just the end. Like the teams were like, Hey, we, uh, you know, the managers or whatever, like we're done. Like the arsenal was insane. The dude gets arrested right after Huntington beach. Like everything just went downhill. Oh, um, but like, yeah. So then eventually like, I was like, all right, I'm just going to go back. And I think I'm going to play on rage. And then that's when Daryl Trent called me up again. And he's like, hey, man, you need to come play with Philly. Like, you know, whatever happened in the past happened in the past. Like, you know, you should be on this team. And I was like, I'm not paying my way to try out. Like, I just did this with another team. Didn't like it. You know, I was like not trying to be mean or anything, but like I'm just going to play with a team that I've already played with Mm -hmm. that I know I'm going to enjoy. And he's like, let me help you out. So I don't know if he ever if he bought my ticket like on his own dime or, you know, smart price paid for it. But he flew me out and I like I shot everyone. Like It was like one of those. It was another one of those tryouts where it's like, you point your gun and just people are coming off the field. Like I remember doing one-on-ones and like, they were just like, stop shooting people so fast. Like go back here and just stay here and let them move. Mm-hmm. And then you can shoot them. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I actually just started losing like a bunch of weight too. That's when I went from fat kid to, you know, whatever, not fat at that point. So that was a weird thing. Like they see me and then I show up and I'm like in shape and they're like, Whoa, like what happened to this guy? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, when that happens to anyone, usually you're a better paintball player, <laughs> but that's when I went to Philly and that was the team that I thought I was going to retire with. Like, that's when it was like me, Ryan, Tim, Chad, Fedorov. Like we were, we only won one event, but we had like three or four second places, mm-hmm. but we knew like the actual year that, you know, that, that smart parts went bankrupt and everything and Philly collapsed that if we would have been able to go another year, I honestly think that would have been the most winning paintball team ever. Like, Every game we ever lost was, like, by a point. Like, everything was close. And we were all 23, 24 years old, like, mm-hmm. still figuring out life and stuff. And the brotherhood there was insane. Like, you you had to stay in a team house. Like, there was no hotels. You stayed in a team house at practices. Um, they built a whole Call of Duty room, game room. So, like, you play paintball. Then you go in there, and, like, eight people would be, you know, sitting there playing Xbox, eating food. You know, whoever was the bad player, because it was, like, a nine-player roster, you would sit down and someone else would jump in and then you just keep spiraling we did that for years and like that was the team that i was like yep i'll retire on this team mm-hmm. vegas comes around they don't want to play seven man so damage is like hey come play the seven man event with us i already knew like joey's been trying to poach me forever and i was like all right like i'll go play with you what am i going to get out of it you know typical pro at that point um i was like whatever i'll just go to vegas it's gonna be fun so i go and i play and they do like the typical, you know, they give you a little bit extra, show you around more. This is what we do at every tournament, mm-hmm. which they do have a great time. But like they played their cards really well. At the end, though, they were like, hey, this is the offer. And it was a really good offer to play paintball. Like I was completely surprised. I didn't know who their financial like supporter was. Like I did not know CJ about Solus at this time. I didn't know about the die sponsorship being as nice as it was. Um, I turned it down. I was like, no, like I'm loyal to my team like i came here to guest i'm gonna go back and play with philly mm-hmm. no bullshit i flew home got home and had an email from adam and them saying the team had to be you know dismantled that smart parts was filing bankruptcy so then i had to turn around and like go back to them and say hey can i still get that same deal <laughs> like blah 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 and honestly they, they honored it to the t like like all right yeah here you go like this is the deal it's yours so then i went to damage and it was a there was a bit of a learning curve, like the original damage, which still is kind of that way to this day. Like, it's kind of weird. Like, you know, these guys go to practice and then disperse separately. Mm-hmm. Like, we've been slowly building in like a, you know, more tight knit over the years. Tim Montressor, when he came and played with us, he helped me with that. But like the original damage, like you went and you played, 
the people I rode with Joey left faster than you could say bye. And then the other guys would go this way. And like, even though we were all basically in Florida, the original damage, everyone kind of went separate directions, but it was like, if coach said, you know, coach ball was like, Hey, practice is done. You couldn't even count to five. You couldn't say bye. Like everyone would just jet. Hmm. Not everyone wanted to play seven man. Everyone wanted to play X ball. So we would have like guest players in seven man. It was a really weird team because everyone was so good at paintball. And I've been with all of them. Like I've played with them on all different teams before, but it was just like a, it wasn't as like tight knit as the teams like rage and Philly. It was just, everyone was exceptionally good at paintball. And then eventually it started to get like that. And I think that was more so just the guys doing it themselves. Like, you know, how there's clicks on teams. It would mm-hmm. start off as like, you know, a three minute click. And then slowly it got bigger and bigger. Um, it helped when we brought in Jacob and Keith as well, just cause they were younger. So I think it was one of those things that made people hang out even more. Right. Um, but yeah, like, you know, now damage is getting back to that. Like, you know, we'll hang out a lot more. Everyone's got family. So it's a lot easier cause it's like birthday parties for kids, like whatever, you know, but like get away from the wife time, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But everyone's like finally getting back. And I think that's like the part that we've been missing in the last couple of years. And I think we had that last year. Um, so I feel like that's like, I feel like this could be that super tight knit team, but it hasn't reached it like the other teams have. Right. But I mean, at the same time, dude, the on the field shit is on point. Oh, it's ridiculous. So it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and it, it definitely helps being, uh, somewhere with, you know, decent weather, sunshine and, uh, and a bunch of paintball fields and a bunch of really good paintball players that, that, uh, that helps for sure. Um, I would really love to see what you or your brother could do at um, the ultimate shootout. I think that would be interesting. So we've talked to them a few times, like for, you know, it's one of those things too. And it's not to be like, you know, a stingy pro or anything, but like the, you know, you cover your own travel and everything. And for a lot of those guys there, it's simple for someone like coming from Florida, it's a flight hotel rental and it, you know, adds up really fast. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've talked to some of the guys about trying to figure it out. Honestly, like, I think it's a cool thing to watch. I don't think it's my style of play. Like I, the yeah. person that threw me off the most when I watched it was BJ. Like I think BJ is a great player, but when I watched him run gun down just to hit smoke bombs or whatever they're called and not even shoot at the guy, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I'm not interested. And like, you know, obviously I work for bunker Kings and virtue, but like I still watch as much paintball as I can. So I watched right. the pro tour that one to me obviously stood out a little bit more like, you know, the style of paintball that I like, you know, I actually, have always said, I think like a paintball field has too many varieties of bunkers. Like I think the snake, even though like you're an exceptional snake player and some people are really good at it, I think it's the hardest thing to ref. And I think it's the hardest thing for spectators to understand. Yeah. So I've always said like, get rid of it, just do Doritos and temples and everything. But in general, like, you know, I think the pro tour is more the style of play for like Jacob or myself where it's like, you know, watch me, battle me, shoot like at each other type thing, not run and hit like these random smoke bombs. Right. Um, so it's like more of a weird element of luck. Like I enjoy watching it. I just don't know if it's like my thing. And you know, like I said, I'm more of like a, I've always prided myself in making teams better at paintball. Like I've always been the super team guy. So like for me, a five on five that turns into a one-on-one, I'll take all day. Like yeah. I love it, but I hate the ready, set, go one-on-one style paintball. Um, I'm good at it. I just hate it. Like it's just not my thing. Jacob's extremely good at it. Like he is probably the best like ready, set, go one-on-one guy, him and Brian Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to put like anyone out there, it'd be one of those two, like out of everyone I know. But, um, yeah, so I've been trying to talk one of them into going, 
it just all comes down to like they're like, home, we got to pay for it. Like, you know, they're, they've been pros for so long, but like, we got to pay our own way. Like, yep. Yeah, and like our our team's on a lower budget now, and we we spent some money to to get some guys and stuff this year. So it's like we actually we talked about that before we picked up a few guys, and you know we were like we could put the money on this thing, or we could take that money and do a practice in you know Texas against AC Diesel or Dallas. Which one sounds better? And the whole team's like, ah, screw that guy. He's not going to some one on one. Like let's go as a team. I'm like all right, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, because I heard the news that you guys picked up um, Woodley. Um, yep. Was that a? Was he like a, a free agent, or did you guys end up kind of dealing him over? So supposedly he got cut from X Factor, oh. and he was shopped around at that point. Like I don't, I don't know. I tried to never really get into it. Like, how, right. why did you get cut? What happened? I would never expect him to be let go, and I'm not even 100 percent sure. So he maybe he left or whatever, but I know he was a free agent. Like he was, he was shopping around. Um, a few teams went to him and offered him a decent amount and you know we don't have that anymore we don't have that big paycheck anymore um, we try to like disperse a lot throughout the team instead of just to this guy or that guy mm-hmm. um, but the main thing for us was like we, we basically told him like you saw us in Vegas we got robbed you saw us in World Cup if we had one player one extra player we would we would have beat x factor like if we had one pair of fresh legs like if brad didn't get hurt and holiday wasn't hurt oh, like yeah, that's brad. two key guys that yeah he got hurt on saturday so like he didn't play at all on sunday so like if you bring him back into the mix have fresh legs a good shot blah 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 and he was playing really good like that game's completely different so we basically told him we we're like we've been on the cusp of winning now like we're there like mm-hmm. the teams that win we beat all the time so it's like you know come play with us and win and get no, it sounds shitty, but like, you know, show them that they made a mistake of letting you go. You know, obviously we'll take care of you, but like, you know, come play with us. Other teams that are offering you money and stuff, like, you're not going to win. Like, it's not even trying to be like, you know, cocky or anything. It's just they're not ready. Like, they're still right. rebuilding. It's going to take a few years. You know, do you have a few years to spare? Like, or are you that kind of guy that wants to go and win right now? And honestly, he's been wanting to play with so many of us. Like, LJ and I have always like played against each other. We've always wanted to be teammates. I know he's been wanting to play with Keith forever. He played with Jacob before, and they loved it. So, like, mm-hmm. it was pretty easy to get him. And, uh, you know, Joey stayed on him nonstop. That's a good thing about Joey is he can just be the thorn. So he just kept picking away at him nonstop and, you know, basically told him, like, hey, we have to make a decision. And we ended up, you know, getting on the positive side of that. And he's a huge pickup for us. Like, I truly think, like, we haven't had a tall guy in a while. Like, I'm 5'11", <laughs> 6 feet. I've always yeah. been the tall guy. So, you know, I think that's going to be key for us. And just the fact that like you said in pro, everyone plays every position. And he's like a true testament of that. Like he shoots from the back. He goes up to the front. Yeah. Um, even though he's super tall, he's extremely athletic. And we got like, you know, a new kid we brought up. Elias went back to mutiny. Um, we brought up this kid, Chris Horn, that we've been training for a long time. That basically, you know, went through the same steps that Keith and Jacob went through. Mm-hmm. Crazy, aggressive kid. And like, I think he's going to be good. And then we picked up a. Uh, Mike McGowan that, you know, originally was PC Katana and then went to DMG. So he's with us this year as well. And that dude owns his own paintball field, so he better be super good. He, can <laughs> he has no excuses on that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we actually told him that. Like, we were doing, uh, we played the Invitational, and he was like, oh, I'm just a little rusty. And we were just like, you should not be rusty. Like, you live <laughs> on a paintball field. Like, you're not allowed to be rusty. And, like, Joey, I remember Joey's like, Go home and do as many drills as you can. And I was like, man, you have—he has a paintball field, lights, and everything. I was like, you can't. Oh be man, bad. like, you have to be. Yeah, I'm like, you have to be the best player ever now. Yeah, you are not allowed to be bad, ever. 
Nope. <laughs> yeah, but, I understand the uh, the Joey Blue thing because I was, I don't know what year it was, but I remember he, he was hitting me up about uh, playing with you guys at one point, and I don't know the reason why it didn't work. I think it was one of those where I was like, I gave Bruno my word or something, and yeah. it was just like I couldn't. I've, if I already say, I hey, I'm playing, I will be playing with you guys this year, and I get something after the fact, I just, I can't. In good conscience, go back and be like, "Hey, I, you know, this we got a phone call. This other one, I just I could. I thought it would be a great opportunity, um, just because of the the killing machine that you guys have down there, um, as far as players go, and just playing in warm weather and all that. It was, it was. A, I thought it would be a great opportunity, but it was just a little bit too late on that. And um, I just, I like the intensity too, man. You guys are, you guys are serious about your jobs. Um, and and that's something I, I really I really dig and respect. So, um, what, who, and 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 what paintball videos did you watch uh, growing up that uh, that inspired you? Honestly, like this is gonna sound shitty. Um, <laughs> there wasn't really any paintball players that inspired me. Like I always would watch, you know, I watched Push, I watched every Trauma Head video that would come out. Um, Push is the one that stands out the most. Like, they, you know, like my parents had a customized van that we would drive from events to events, and, like, I would put that thing in the VCR and just, you know, sit back in the back of the van and watch it all the way there and get hyped up. Mm-hmm. But we watched everything, and, like, honestly, like, I'd have to say if anyone made me good at paintball, it was Frank. Just, he was willing to go out and shoot me, and, He'd make bets, you know, for paint. Basically, I'd have to play him in one-on-ones to get paint or beat him in video games to get paint type thing. But, you know, he was the guy that would, like, you know, he would he would beat me up. So, like, you know, he was he was a very, uh, like, you and I, he, he loved accuracy. So I think I, that's probably one thing that I did take from him. Um, any lessons that he taught me, he usually just enjoyed shooting me to show me that lesson. And then eventually, like, I would just shoot him way more. And, yeah. you know, it's... Love him to death. There was definitely some fun times where he would go to a field and I would just get the upper hand on him, especially after I got good, and he just never came back. Like, he just <laughs> wouldn't go to that field anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, that's Frank. Like, he's got to be the guy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's a lot more cool and level-headed now, but back then he had to be he had to be the guy. So oh, when yeah. someone else became the guy, he was he was ready to go. But, um, he, I mean, if I had to say anyone, it would be him. But, uh, like, I actually was one of those guys, like, I never looked at a player and thought I want to be, like, that player like I was just I had like even now like I have my own unique style like I never could find a paintball player that I actually was like man I really like that guy like I want to play like him and mm-hmm. it, it had nothing to do with, like there were so many great players like and I you know I loved watching them all and I learned bits and parts from everyone but I think that's what made me the player I was was like I never thought I couldn't be better than any of them like and that sounds shitty but like that was the truth like I'd watch them and I'm like well, if that guy can't do this, like, I should be able to do that, like, mm-hmm. if he does this, and I'd go to the next guy, and, like, you know, even if I wasn't a snake player, I watched all the snake guys and tried to learn from them, and, uh, but, yeah, like, honestly, watching paintball is the way to get better, like, reffing it, you know, being up close and personal with it, at, like, local fields and stuff, um, watching videos, just dissecting them, like, the amount of content that's out right now, it blows my mind that people aren't better at paintball than, than they are, like, the Maybe fact you're that, just like, that good. most of but that's, so that's what kills me. Like, actually, Brian Greenspan and I talked about this at the Combine. We're all, like, 34-plus, 30-plus. Yeah. And it's, like, I mean, we all came in at 15, 16 years old, and we were smoking 
the old dudes. Like, we beat the hell out of them, right? Like, remember when Iron Kids came around and, mm-hmm. you know, became Dynasty? Like, they were sweet, right? Like, they had older guys on the team, but, like, I've brought in five or six new young kids to pro, like, since I've owned Damage, and half of them don't make it anywhere. Like, they sit the bench or whatever, and, like, you know, their friends and all the trolls on the internet would be like, oh, why, don't, why doesn't that guy play? And it's like, they don't put in the effort as much. Like, they yeah. don't get better, like... They fail when you put them in, like you know. And we all had to go through that same testament, where it's like maybe you play two points out of the whole match, but you better stunt those two points. Like you better figure it out. Like whether you got to cheat or not, like you better look good and like shoot a bunch of people. And I don't know. Like I just feel like the amount of content that's out there should make people better paintball players than how we were brought up. Yeah. But I think it actually hurts them because, like for instance, my nephew's getting into paintball and he watches some kids on YouTube. He's 50, he's 16 years old. We've been bringing him out, you know, got him all hooked up on gear. We've been going out and doing some drills with him. He's got some good form. Like, he got shot in the eye by Nerf guns growing up his whole life because that's, that's what we would play with indoors. Mm. Um, but, you know, he, he'll tell me these people that he's watching on YouTube, and then I'll go look them up, and they're clowns. And, like, I think that's what happens is, like, people are watching the wrong content yep. and learning the wrong things. Um, 100%. And then, you know, they go to the field and it doesn't work and they just stick with it, right? And it's like, if you go to a local field, like, you know, everyone thinks everyone's a professional paintball player when you go out there and everyone's decked out in all this gear. So I think there's a lot of learning bad habits. Um, and that, that must be it because I just can't understand it anymore unless people are just soft nowadays and stuff. But like these younger kids should be stealing our spots like all day. <laughs> or at least want to. Um, yeah. You know, I, think, I think a big thing is uh, experience is earned. And I don't think there's a lot of that. Uh, I think everybody wants, everybody wants the experience, but nobody wants to earn it. And, you know, obviously yeah. I'm not speaking for everybody because I know a lot of the players, I know a lot of players are around our age, around our era. Um, we do do a lot of shit talking to the up and coming players. And, and, and we're not saying we're, we're not, it's a general statement. It's a general blanket. Um, but it does say something that you know we there's not an exceptional amount of of those players coming out, but which should hopefully put some kind of fire under under these guys' asses. And don't get me wrong, there are people and division players that who want to be pro and who are putting in the time and who are putting in the effort to to turn that. But that should be everybody on every single divisional team, collectively and individually, wanting to do that. And Maybe that's maybe that's what kind of what we're thinking too is that dude the content out there to be able to immerse yourself in paintball, whether it be at the paintball field with your nose to the net, or or you come home and you just sit there and watch paintball videos. But you can't. There, there's also a way to ingest paintball digitally too. You have to be able to break that down into like, okay, I can understand why he made this move. Like enjoy what you're watching, but at the same time be able to understand. Um, why somebody's making these moves or, 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 or be even be able to question and be like, Oh, you shouldn't do that. Um, are you still there? What kind of, yeah, I broke it down to like three things too. Yeah. Yeah. It broke up like for a second, but I look at it like three things too. It's like entitlement. Like when I went pro, I wasn't actually not expecting free gear. Like I, I knew that people got free gear, but I wasn't expecting it. Like I was just like, Oh man, like, you know, maybe they'll give me something. Maybe they, there was no like promise, right? Like I didn't sign my contract until after receiving it. Mm-hmm. But I remember like showing up to Vegas and like, or New Orleans and there was like a garbage bag just slammed full of paintball gear. And I was like, oh, I made it, right? Like that's awesome. But like, you know, 
I feel like people now they get in like division two and there's also way too many divisions. Like remember when you and I were coming up, it was amateur, A, amateur B pro like, yeah. and some novice at some of them. So you had to like pro and not pro players where now it's like, yeah. And now there's just so many divisions, but like, it's crazy when like a D three guy tells me they should deserve free gear. Like it blows my mind. So there's like that weird entitlement thing. And then the people who are chasing money, like, you know, I always thought maybe, maybe I could make a living playing paintball, which I have, but like, mm -hmm. you know, I always thought like, whatever, like if I don't, it's the, it's the experience, it's the enjoyment, it's the brotherhood. It's like traveling the world, winning championships. Like not too many people can say they've won every series in paintball with their younger brother. Like that's insane, right? Like I've won yeah. pretty much everything, maybe not Europe, but like every other series with him on my team. Um, and like a lot of people can't ever say that even say like they've won a world cup. Like there's so many people that have never won a world cup. Like I've only won one, but like, mm -hmm. you know, there's so many people that can't have been playing for 15 years. For me, those were the things I was chasing. Like those victories, like the accomplishments. And it wasn't so like I could go and brag about it. it to me, I'm a, I'm a gold checker. Like I make a sheet every day and I check them off. And you know, I feel like that's a huge thing. Like when people get to that semi pro spot and like they start meeting pros and getting to know them and there's so many pros that just cry about like the amount of money that they make or whatever. Um, I think it turns those kids off and like they're there, like they're at the point of being super good and then they drop because they're worried about chasing this money because like social media shows them what money can bring you and how your life can be so perfect if you have this much money. Um, so like that's like the second thing. And then so going back to videos, like I remember like when my mom would not play, she would videotape the family playing. Right. And for me, like that was the one thing that I think made me like really good was watching myself play because you really get to see like, man, I'm clown. I'm a clown out there or man, that was a really good move or <laughs> yeah. look at this terrible form. Like I remember being one of the first people that I knew to get rid of a drop forward. Like I saw this video and I had this 32 degrees flame, flame drop, drop forward. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, I'm just out there ripping my angel like sock hat. And like, I thought I looked super Ooh, a sock sweet. hat and too? then my mom, sock hat with a flame oh, drop yeah. forward. Oh dude, don't touch you. Man. Steal your girlfriend. And I think I had a forty-five or maybe a sixty-eight, and like, dude, I was I was crushing people. Like, I was so sweet, and I'm like, man, this is. I see the video, and I'm like, that's stupid. Like, I started to like watch it, and I was like, well, like, if the reg was back here, my arm would fit in there instead of this thing sticking out here. And mm -hmm. like, I remember breaking apart this video that my mom made of me because like I played the spectator side, so it was like in my face through the net, and I I just watched the whole video and I was like, I took that off. And I remember when I went to the all A's two, they gave me a little bit of shit about it on the all A's. But when I went to the all A's two, dude, those guys all still had drop forwards. And like, I went out <laughs> there with, I think I had an intimidator at that time. Like right when intimidators came out, which are maybe long an already. angel, but I remember having, when I had it real back. Like yeah. I remember I'd get my whole arm in there and I was only like, that was before my growth spurt. So like, I was only like five, six, maybe five, five. And they were just like, what is this guy doing? Like, I remember them looking at my gun. Like every time I put it down and like go fill up paint or something, I'd come back and people were like, <laughs> this three foot long setup. Like, what is this thing doing? <laughs> but then when you run and shoot and you're so sweet with it, they're like, mm -hmm. Oh, and then I remember everyone turning their ASA rails backwards, like after that weekend and you know, people trying it. And I was like, yeah, that's right. And all of that was because I watched this video and I remember looking at myself thinking, wow, you look like a dick out there. Like I remember <laughs> thinking like, I look so stupid. Like, <laughs> and I changed it that day. Like I remember going on some stupid paintball website, ordering like, you know, a normal like duck tail or whatever and flipping mm -hmm. it and all this stuff. And like, I got rid of all that and it took me a little bit. The gun was big, but yeah, yeah like I really think, you know, people, more people should record themselves, whether they're doing drills or playing paintball and 
dissect yourself, like, you know, be very analytical, like, and critique yourself, like, harshly, because that's what makes you better. I think so, too. Um, You know, it's funny. I, I shot a 98 with a, with a rail and a 68-45 bottle and then a 16-inch barrel or something like that. So that was a decently long setup. But then you fucking assholes. Yeah. Dude, I would see you guys with these things who were, like, had – it was almost a drop forward that was – fucking backwards on some of these things it was like it was just so long I was like, how do you guys do this because i forget who it was on my team at one time but they had a ridiculously long setup and like that was handed to me when my gun wasn't like chronoing like i couldn't get the paint um to shoot under like 300 or whatever and i get handed under the net like this gun and which was just a tank and i i go and shoot out to the corner and my do the grip is like out here to like run and shoot. I was like, how do you shoot anything with this thing? Because just having like the stock stuff that they have now, where it just sits right underneath, like it's perfect. It's a great size, yeah. but I, I'm sure you guys who, uh, who like it a little bit longer are, you know, can, can we just do something a little bit? That's probably why I know planet has like a X, you know, a different rail to put, it's like a different stock rail to put on their marker. They had a couple of years ago. People would turn those. I was like, man, you guys like those things. We've all calmed down a little bit now, but like we do have powerhouse made us a longer reg than normal. Reg like extender, yeah. Like, yeah, no, not even reg extender. Crazy. We have a longer reg because like they don't like the ex- a lot of like the reg companies don't like reg extenders. Like they say it causes issues whether the pins pushed in all. I the can way. understand that. So it, they yeah. made us like they have their normal reg and then they have their long reg. So we get the long reg now. We a lot of us have calmed down. We went to the extreme. Like I remember being double extender guy. And, <laughs> You know, we had we had our own rails made, like the ones that you saw, like the big chunk of metal. Like yep. we had our own rails made. The one thing that calmed me down actually was when Luxes came out, and I was on Philly because it had to run through the frame, mm-hmm. so I couldn't use my like crazy, oh, yeah. you know, hack job rail anymore. And but they ended up making us an additional one that we could flip backwards that gave us like an inch or something. Mm-hmm. But like it got to the point where companies were like, we're not making some extra <laughs> special rail thing anymore. And like eventually like it is perfect. Like most guns come perfect. Like, you know, put it right under, but man, those drop forwards used to be so insane back in the day. Yeah, dude, it's, it's, I think a good angle for your, for wrist to elbow to shoulder ratio, like is a, like a 45 degree angle. Like having that that frame and everything right here, where I think it's it it sits really well and uh, yeah, it's it's insane, dude. Even coming up in the era that we did, it's insane where the markers are now, and the and they yeah. all do the same thing. They like the the loaders all do the same thing, the markers all do the same thing, but just the the way that everything has been rearranged and moved around, and it's it's crazy. I I really am really interested in what the uh then even the next five years holds for kind of just what a marker is going to look like because i mean hell the luxes i mean they haven't changed uh that much yeah, yeah. since they came out there's really nothing like other than weird small things like the you know removable batteries and stuff like that and not having to use allen keys like tim and i like before tim passed actually we sat down we talked about this for a while it's almost maxed out. Like mm-hmm. there's no metal left. Like, you know, there's very, they most like the safety compliance, they can't take any more of the metal right. off. Like all those crazy extra guns. Um, a lot of the companies that come out with private label guns have to buy bigger blocks of metal. So their guns are actually heavier so they can do more with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, they're pretty much maxed. That's why I don't know if you follow MagFed or not, but because of like bunker Kings and stuff, I actually think it's really cool. But because of 
you know, Bunker Kings, I follow it more than I probably would normally. Mm-hmm. But I think that's going to be the next five years era where, you know, obviously term paintball will still be huge and everything. But I think the companies will focus more towards that because that's the new thing that they can play around with and how close can we make it to a real gun, how like, you know, weight wise and right. all the different attachments. And it is pretty insane how like they do make them already and they look so ridiculous. Like I have like a first strike AR-15 or whatever and like it sits in a gun case and looks just like the rest of them. So it's like yeah. it's pretty wild. But I think that's I think that's the next five years of paintball gun manufacturing is going to lean more towards getting people away from airsoft and into mag fed. Right. Yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely agree to that. Um, you know, one thing that I, that I noticed too is with the, um, well, I mean, what do you, what do you think about loader technology? Because I mean, there's so many, there's so many people that are, well, at least every league and everybody that I know, even at fields there, everybody's ramping the, you know, ten five or whatever the fuck it is now. Like everybody's doing that same thing. I remember when the big kick was like, whose loader could feed the fastest? You know what I mean? Because everybody was yeah. shooting semi-auto, and it was a, it was a, I don't care what anybody thinks, it was a skill to shoot fast, assholes. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but you know now, I mean, where do you see loader technology? Is going to be more like profile based? Is it going to be um, more like battery efficiency or or, or Bluetooth? Like, what, where do you see that going? Honestly, so basically everything you just said, like when we did the control, it was profile. It's the smallest loader. It holds, you know, 200 and plus balls, like, you know, the Spire 3 and 4 is 220 plus. Um, And like we thought that was perfect because like for me, you shoot that initial full loader off the break. After that, you can only put 140 to 160 rounds in depending on the pod you use. I hate shaky loaders, right? And then it gives you room for error. Every move you might break it in there. So I, I feel like a smaller loader is actually better. Like the control is, you know, by far the, the most comfortable paintball loader I've ever used. However, the cry for larger top shells has been, it's been crazy. Like really? the amount of people that want a higher capacity loader, they want it to get up to the 240, 260 range. And I get it because of recreational paintball and stuff. And a lot of people don't take into consideration moving around after the breakout. Like, like I said, I'd rather take one full pod and make a full loader and have less, you know, room for error in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's going to come down to, you know, how can you make that loader reduce the amount of chances of breaking paint inside of it? How can that loader still function if paint does break into it? Which is why a lot of companies have went away from eyes and use, you know, sound or mm-hmm. force, you know, fed type loaders or just tension um, feed, right? Too there's the the tension exactly. feed where it's just tension, constantly feed, yeah. yeah. Yep. So like, you know, that's that's one of those things. Uh, Virtue has the Bluetooth loaders. You know, Bunker Kings did not do the Bluetooth. They just did like simple programming. Um, obviously, the speed feed's a huge thing. There's so many companies that make speed feeds. There's not so many that are sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like one of the things that companies will start to focus on more. But I really think it's going to be profile. And you know, I thought for a while someone was going to put a camera into a loader. Like I don't know if they they tried doing something. Into a shell. That chrono like, into the one. Yeah. Yeah, and it like it was a bust. So like. You know, the problem with that, too, is, like, you know, you start adding into these shells and they get crazy expensive. People break shells and then they're going to want free ones. And it just, you know, it becomes like a whole crazy ordeal. But, yeah, like, loaders are almost tapped out. Like, unless they go back to these crazy, you know, uncapped events, like, you know, we even said that when the control was coming out. Like, it'll it'll feed 15, but, mm-hmm. like, we weren't trying to go crazy and above like you used to do, you know. Right. Like, it, it used to be how fast can we get this thing to go? Like now the battery life's already insane on all of them. 
rechargeable batteries on most of them. If not, you can buy the rechargeable battery kits, speed feeds, ramps to reduce the break and paint inside them. Like they're all like, it's for me, it's, it's all about appearance now. And like, you know, I liked the Spire. I really fell in love with it, but I missed that rounded shape that didn't have a lot of edges to it. And that's what yeah. the control is like that one, that one, like the second I put it on my gun, I was like, this is the winner. Like that's nice. You know, I'll have to check it, them out. I, was, I haven't seen them yeah. yet. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to check them out. I, uh, I really, and that's, that's the nice thing about not being on a, on a sponsored team or sponsored by anybody too. You can check out different gear and, uh, see, see what you, yeah. what you really like. Um, but you know, I never thought of that until you said it was that you have all these loaders with, with giant capacities, but really you can only go a pot at a time for the most part. I mean, cause I mean, even though people are still shooting um like they still have a little bit of paint in their loader when they do you know go to reload um you're still only loading like a pot at a time so it should only make sense yep. to be able to like you know fill with a loader or, or, or a pod at a time and having that capacity to not be able to shake around as much and yeah i mean yeah, you get, you get, honestly you better feel like um what do you call it? Like field awareness. Like you can see around it. Like that's the thing about the control that I like is like the height of it and everything is super small. So it's like you can see around it. Like the amount of hopper shots that I've gotten since I've started using that is significantly less than when I used to use a larger loader. Really? And I was a big fan of the Spire 280s and 260s mm-hmm. off the break because it was like you shoot a bunch. That guy wants to make his bump after he's you know shot his lane and you're still holding the lane. But then it was always like that, you know, I got to load. And I'm not against the larger ones. It's just the people who sell me that, like, why they need it. And then I explain to them, it's great. It's an off-the-break purpose. Like, you're never going to be able to time it perfect every time to keep it full. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of them are at such a high capacity, you probably could do two pods or a pod and a half. Um, I'm not going to do that. Like, I, right. I swear it should go down to, you know, a very limited amount, like a, you know, regulated amount for the loader to hold and four pods, and I'd be happy. Dude, it would be – I have preached that so much. People probably hate hearing me say that shit all the time. Dude, I say it, I say it so much because I think it's – you know, and the average – you know, the average point of a match is like a minute – you know, a, a minute uh, – a little under two minutes, I think, is like average point. And, you know, you still have – you have so many guys going out there for points with like 12 pods and they shoot five or six. But that could easily go down to four, and I think would bring another dy- dynamic too, because like you, f- you get down to that third pod, and you're like, okay, all right, I got, I got, I got to start figuring this shit out. I got to start making moves. I got to do something, and it kind of eliminates that, you know, that turret style play, which we've grown yep. so accustomed to. Um, even though the fields are yeah, it reduces the balance shots, everything. Yeah, exactly, because you you really have to pick your shots now for the most part. On, on what you're going to do with that paint. And I'd really like to see, uh, I believe Marcelo brought it up in one of his podcasts, was was getting rid of maybe two of the bigger bunkers on the field um, and kind of opening up the field a little bit because it seems like it's a giant oh, wall at the moment, um, allowing people that maybe shouldn't be making these moves, they're making these moves, but because it, you have windows like this between these giant fucking bunkers. Anyway, that's another podcast. But um, I, I still to this day am amazed that Trozen hasn't made a field where you just you take you know one of those cans and you lay it on its side dude I loved playing those lay down cans all like especially when they're like up yeah. by like the 40 or something like that I'm surprised they haven't done that yet but 
I mean, and making. I think they took the straps off the top of them anyway. Yeah, like, they don't that just, too. I got so mad. Ah, oh, dude. Yeah. Whatever. I'm I'm too old. I'm right there with you. Get rid of some bunkers. I preach that every year to Tom Cole. He talks to me every year. Even the media guys, anyone that talks to me, get rid of some of the bunkers. Get rid of the pins. They're retarded. They were yes. cool when the original X came out. They serve no purpose now. Get rid of the pins. Get rid of some of the big bunkers. Make people work for their moves. Mm-hmm. Like bring sweet spot in back. Like now, I shoot people off the break that I don't mean to shoot because they just <laughs> there's so many up and overs and everything. Like I'm shooting this guy off the break and another guy runs right through it. And I'm like, all right, well I look good. Like that was stupid, but and yeah. then you know people make these moves that they can never make in real life. Like if you bring out, if you take out two of those bunkers, half these guys don't have the gun skills to make these moves. Like mm-hmm. it, people don't run and shoot the way they used to or anything. People don't have to gunfight like. You know, I watched so many people the other weekend in that pro invitational, like, you know, go with a two shot, two snapshot gun battle and just turn and say, ah, nope, nope, not fighting him. And like, you know, they can go this way and hide. It's like, no, yeah. like back in the day, it was like, I can see your bunker. You can see my bunker. Let's play paintball. Yeah, now dude. it's like, I'm shooting over everything, just blind shots nonstop. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Yeah. You win that gunfighter, you put him in, you wrap and you handle business on the inside and then you move and then you, and then you go for, at least that's yep. my mindset being a front player. Um, but but yeah, dude, I I hundred percent agree with that, and I would I would even like to see the field just a skosh bigger, um, in general, just to kind of blow it out to even like a I I don't know. I'm such a big seven man fan that I I like you know the the athletic ability that you have to have to play paintball in general, but just this the stamina that you need for um for X ball. But I think I enjoy more the man I, i'm trying to put this into, into something that i haven't said repeatedly on this but i, I because i like seven man I, I like the fact that every game there's so much on the line so you don't get a redo yeah. right unless you go to finals and you, you you have a best of three but in prelims you had those eight games at least before i i, I left in uh end of 2009 uh and NP, you had those eight prelim games, and each one of those games was that game. Like that, that was it. If yep. you you, mm-hmm. you fuck up or you get shot off the break, good luck, team. You know, you know, because you're not you're not fucking coming back. And I think that's what I I loved was that like everything counted so much and everything was on the line so much. And you know, with with X ball now, it's tough to kind of have that same because you'd be like, okay, I got shot, I'll do it again. So it's more like more repetition than it is like, like this time matters. This time matters. Not that those times don't, but it's just like everybody has that general consensus going into a seven man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually love seven man. And actually, you know, I was talking to Tom Cole about this at World Cup. Like, I don't really love coaching from the sidelines. I never have. Mm-hmm. But you can tell a huge difference in the grandstands now versus when they did allow people to yell. Like even my mom, my mom is a huge fan of like the yelling from the sidelines. We could hear her all day. She was all over the webcast, (laughs) but then like it got to a point now where she goes, she enjoys watching. She'd rather sit in the VIP, whatever. But like, you can tell like she doesn't want to go as much as she used to because Mm -hmm. she used to feel like she was contributing to our success because we could hear her like her voice was insane yeah but like you know i feel like it takes that away like i remember like i used to tell my divisional teams that i would coach like you need to be at our match and either you know drown out the you know because there used to be the counter coaching mm-hmm. drown out counter coaching 
or, you know, pick the loudest guy and have him like, you know, support the player in the snake next to Joey or something, you know, feed relay info. And it was like that thing, like they, they wanted to be there to help. Now they're like, I'll just catch your game on go sports later in the hotel, blah, blah, blah. In the air conditioning. You know? So I feel like, yeah, it took away like the, the fans wanting to be there. Like it sucks because I'm a sneaky player. I love like sneaking around and you know, there were so many moves that have been ruined by sideline coaching, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I think if you if we want the fans at the events, you have to bring it back. Dude, those old X ball matches where you were head coaching, the stands were tense because of the counter coaching yeah. and everything. Like you were waiting for like shit to go down in the stands because of I'm sure it happened plenty of times. Yep. But uh, but yeah, I was my my mom did the same thing, dude. She, you could her voice just resonated like through the <laughs> whole thing, and you could hear on on the webcast and everything. But um. But yeah, but but I think what was cool about Seven Man too, as far as crowds go, is you could feel and hear the oohs and the ahs like when you made a move, or you could kind of gauge how yep. a game was going if you were like, um, if you were in the dead box or something already, and you you're just kind of hearing the crowd react and just kind of like it was, dude, it was amazing, man. And um, I hate reliving reliving the old days because I'm, I'm like I can fucking still play now, but. It's like just you think of that era and kind of where paintball is now. And, you know, the, the playing is at a higher level. Um, the game is kind of at this level where it's, you know, there's there's a lot of players that are, are still kind of at that level. Um, but you don't you don't have what I think it's missing is, is that you don't have like the backstory of the game. It's kind of just this this repetitive just kind of feed you content kind of feel and even at the events i've said this before even at the events it's kind of just like do this and then go home or go back to the hotel and then do this and then there there's not like that you don't get the whole experience like you used to and i I, honestly i don't know what to do to fix that because i feel like that helped teams get better too because you had to stay out the field watch games whatever but then you got you know even if you got to walk around by yourself and just because i you know i used to do this um I try to do as much with my teams as possible. And then if I had to do sponsorship shit or do get lenses and, or run around, if, if I had to do stuff, I, I would do it. But one thing I really, really enjoyed, which always helped ground me and keep me very humble, was I used to de-gear and just, just get down in just regular clothes and then walk through like all the, the staging areas of the divisions, of the of the trade show just kind of and just people watch and just kind of take in like where I am and where paintball has kind of brought me and just enjoy the environment that paintball is you know what I mean and yeah. and that's something that I did at every event and that that I that really kind of kept me grounded and that that's one thing I really miss doing and and even towards even at 2018 when I left it was kind of like it was very bittersweet because I like there was a lot of times where I would, I would go and there would be so many people in the divisions, but then I walk over to the pro side and it didn't seem like that many people really cared. Um, you know, at least until Sunday when teams started getting knocked out and everything, like nobody really cared what the pros were doing because if they really wanted to, they could just go back to the hotel and watch it on the webcast. When back in the day, dude, it was just, you were running into people shoulder to shoulder from the pro field to the divisional field and it was just yeah, you didn't want to get up you'd lose your seat yeah exactly exactly and now 
it, you, you sometimes you, like, you look hey, at this. Oh my god, I got a piss. <laughs> Dude, man, and and that was that was something I really missed and uh, and enjoyed. But yeah, man, it was wild to stand still, but it's it has been you know like the webcast is a great thing, like a hundred percent because oh, now dude. everyone can yes. watch. But it definitely has hindered the amount of people that go to the pro grandstands. Also, there's a cost factor to it. Like at World Cup, it was free. It stayed full. Like it was insane how yeah. full it was. It was the, the way it used to be where it was like, don't get up and go to the bathroom. You're going to lose your seat. Mm-hmm. Like it was so full. People were just standing around it. Um, a big thing for me was like, when the wall came out, like the X never made me feel like the field was the same at every event mm-hmm. because the X was so small, you know, there was a lot to work around it. It was hard when to play. When they dropped the wall, yeah, I hated it. Like the wall, like every single event just meshed together to me. It was all the same field every time. Like go to the wall, shoot someone, trade out. Like that was the game yep. plan. And then it was three on three, three on four, blah, blah, blah. So when they got rid of the wall this year, like the last couple of years, it's been a lot better for me where it's like every event stands out. I can see the layout. I can immediately tell you what event it was like. And like it has like that fun factor. You know, the only way for me to like, you know, make people stay at the field and have to walk the field and everything is a blind layout. Like I hate having to practice two weeks before the event full hardcore and then play the event. And that comes from not only like being a player, but a manager of like my team and even divisional teams, like mm-hmm. it's a lot of time. Like you have a family. It's like, you know, you guys have your wife, like there's six weekend, like th- three weekends, six days, like completely gone right there. Obviously we fly out early for events. Like that's even more time yeah. where like you could just, you know, spread it out and do a practice three weeks out, four weeks out, whatever. Um, most of us would still play every weekend anyway, but mm-hmm. like it wouldn't have to be as extreme. Um, but yeah, that's one of those things. Cause like, even when we get to an event, my guys are like, Oh, how long do we have to walk the field? It looks the same, blah, blah, blah. Let's go to the hotel. Let's get food. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, it is the same field. We've played it, you know, for 200 points already. Let's go. Right, so, right. I, I think blind layouts would help a lot. Oh, dude, I, yeah. Again, another thing that I've preached uh, a bunch on this, just, and I'm, you you already know what I'm going to say. I mean, you and I, we have a, a very similar mindset as far as just, playing and kind of you know what we like to do on the field and everything and it's um so I have, I have a few more questions for you um one is there anything that kind of is particularly for you like either is there is there some kind of like little ritual that you do or something that is kind of like quirky that you that you uh keep on you or something or a little something that that is proprietary to you um with your gear that you have that kind of separates you from everybody else or that nobody really like knows about that kind of makes it because as a baseball player, because that's where I'm going to approach it from because I did when I played baseball, I had little things that I did that like were just like little superstitions to myself. Is there anything that you, that, that you do? For me specifically, it's the tip of my barrel has to be taped with white athletic tape. And like, so I have really bad ADHD as well. Um, and like, you know, I, I just had to wear contacts for a while. I got LASIK now I'm back into contacts, but I noticed like I taped my barrel for fun first time. Like it was just like a, you know, from baseball, like I'd always, you know, retape my bat before every tournament, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so I taped my barrel crazy, like three strips in the back, one in the front. Like I just went nuts <laughs> on it and yeah. then I did four so I could write hate on it. Um, but I noticed the white tip in the front made my aim better. Like, you know, obviously with, you know, vertical feed guns, center feed guns, like there's nothing to look at when you're shooting. 
Um, and like, I still look at what I'm shooting at rather than my gun, but I noticed like, you know, I always like to shoot a darker gun. Um, I used to use like silver tips and like, I would use the reflection of the tip, like, all right, I'm pointing here, pointing there. When I taped it, it was insane. Like I remember literally like putting it on everything that I wanted to shoot and hitting it. And I was like, Hmm. so like, I think I just had such a ridiculous tournament when I did it. Now it's like my thing. Like, and it's funny because it blows up on the internet at least one to two months, like every year, like there's not, there'll be a 400 comment thing about why does Jason tape the tip of his barrel? <laughs> and there'll be 300 comments that are just completely wrong where people are like, he's saving barrel tip wear by doing that because he doesn't want to scratch his barrel. Mm-hmm. Like, Shit. My barrels are free. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like it's not because of that. Like I'll tell you that much. And I, I beat my gear up as much as I can just, you know, I play as much as I can. So it's like, it's not that it's all for me. It's like a weird aiming thing, but like more so than anything, it just became like a, a weird quirky habit thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's my thing. Like the second my, it's funny. Cause like I'll switch barrels in an event. Like we have that, um, all conditions paintball tip now from freak. And then like I'll have a regular one. So I'll switch and I won't have tape on it. And like, I'm, I have to sit that point. Like I have to tape <laughs> it up real quick before I run yeah. out there. You know, sometimes it's not the best tape job. But like, yep. You know, it's, it's definitely, that, that's my thing. And like, it's funny cause it's taken off across the board. I used to use a high vis and I think like, honestly, that is what like, like I remember loving the high vis and mm-hmm. like, I don't know, the tape is just like the replacement of that. It was illegal like last year or whatever. They started pulling people out for it. And I went to them and I was just like, I need it. Like, I don't for know what to tell you. So for, I'm laser engraved. So basically you can't put stickers on your barrel and they're counting it as like a sticker. So like they, what? they were pulling people out for it. And yeah, like I went and I, I asked them and they're like, Hey, you're fine. Um, we're not going to pull people out in the pros for it, you know, whatever. Um, so I think the rule has changed, I hope, but yeah, like I was, I was actually like scared. Like I was like nervous. I was like, I have to play without. So I had the, like VLX went and laser engraved two rings on the tip of my barrel for me. And I was hoping <laughs> that was going to work, but it's just, it's not it the same. same as having the tape on it for me. Yep. That's re- nah. dude. For I so, can yeah, understand I could understand the whole like stickers thing if it's because it's a unified paint color, right? It's it's yellow or fucking orange, whatever it is, right? And I can understand not having that color sticker on your gun, but to not have yeah. stickers at all, like on your barrels and that, and and one one you could say, well, it's not a sticker, it's tape, it's yeah. mandatory. That's kind of what I did. You should have yeah. been like the tip of my barrel's falling off. I need to tape it. That, that's just yeah (laughs) like i was pretty happy that like i didn't have a single issue with it it was i went to an mvps and i was doing the combine and they like people see me do it and like these kids started doing it and they got pulled out and i felt bad i'm like what is going on and it was in the rule books like you can't have stickers on your barrels like any kind of you know adhesive thing on there so they counted it as an adhesive because it's tape and i was like i'm not covering any ports like these kids aren't covering any ports the smallest thinnest piece of tape like um, so they, they pushed it at the MVPS when we went to Excel, I asked right away, I was like, Hey, can I use this? They're like, you're fine. Like there is a rule for it, but you know, so I think it's gone, but like, yeah, that was a big scare for me. Like I was I mean, definitely not happy for the first time in my career. I should probably read the rule book and go and go through and see <laughs> how many ridiculous things that I've probably broken throughout my career. Yeah. Just an insane amount. <laughs> There was um there's a couple things that I did tape on my marker. So when the LV1s first came out, um so you have like the longer the longer tail on the back. Um 
yeah that the uh the the ram kind of goes through and then you also in when they first came out the the reg cover the rubber cover was two pieces so it was like a top half and then the the rubber piece kind of came down on the bottom too so i actually had the i i put tape on that to make the front reg cover one solid piece and then i also taped over the uh the screw on the the body screw on the back side of the of the tail yeah, so, it cut your so it, yeah because it <laughs> fucked me up dude all the it would all the time because you know yeah. we're just running to corners and stuff and diving as you do this the the tank hits so it like scrapes you know so um but also why the the bolt heads were so sharp is that i was very i was very like adamant on taking my stuff apart cleaning it you know very thoroughly and putting it back together like and and then like going and do it again like after every day of play like if if i got shot especially if i got shot a lot but sometimes if it wasn't too bad i just kind of wipe it off and keep it clean but after every yeah. practice after every event i would go through everything um and just eventually after a season or two of doing that you just get these sharp like points on the on the, on the heads oh, yeah. And I had to cover those, those up. Those screws used to be ridiculous. Yeah. <sighs> yeah There's a few guns that did that. Like, I remember, like, the first few times I would get cut, I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, did I get shot? Did I slide? Is the turf sharp? Like, mm-hmm. is there something in the ground? And then eventually you're like, oh, it's the gun doing it. Yeah, we used to all tape up a bunch of the old guns. I still tape, I still tape up my front regulator and then one strip around my grip. And that's just, like, I'm one of those people that sweat, like, a ridiculous amount. So it gives me, like, that <laughs> little bit of extra grip. But I can play without it. It's the, the barrel tip is like my mm-hmm. thing. Like there's no playing without it. Like I get pissed. Yeah. So like yeah, I, I use a lot of tape. I'll, I tape up my hands. I'll go like a couple events with gloves. You know, and a couple events with tape. Like it just depends. I'm one of those people. Like if we play good, I'm gonna keep doing it type thing. <laughs> yep. If we're playing bad, I'm gonna switch something. <laughs> yeah. So like everyone's got like their little things on our team for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. One last thing is uh, you're you're with Bunker King. Um, do you guys have any, any kind of big announcements coming out? Any, anything that you are kind of eager to see the public, um, have, or do you, do you, go, do you guys have anything new that's uh, about to drop? Um, so we do have 22 colors of controls that have been dropped already and a control customizer. So people can go in now and basically build whatever color control they want out of the different color shells that we have. So you don't have to buy like a black one and a red one and mix it up. You can just buy a black top, red bottom, whatever. So that's really cool because like there was a whole, there was a time where like I would get two guns just to mix them, you know? So like Mm -hmm. it was like an idea that we all had, like let people get creative. So that's a cool one that's taken off. We are actually making high capacity shells for them. So those people will be happy. Mm. Um, Everyone will be super (laughs) stoked about that. That'll be out, you know, hopefully soon we've we've got the test models in. we've been using those and stuff so that'd be really that'd be one of those the big ticket item for people like that's that's the thing i get asked for every single day so that's the one i'll leak here that i haven't mm-hmm. told anyone about nice dude i yeah. i do i do think it would be it would be sweet if you guys came out with a top shell that would receive a session gopro mount I think I think that would be yeah. really really cool and, and like in the front and like in the front cone like make I know obviously yeah, it's a mold and it's going to be expensive yeah to be able to just hide it right in the front and just like click it in or something but I think that would be really cool and I I think it would be a uh, you could do one thing as like you you buy this at your own risk 
if you fucking break it and you don't follow directions, it's not uh, it's not the it's not the product. <laughs> User That's the error. Biggest thing with those. Yeah, yeah, that and then GoPro changes all the time now. It's like every time you get one, they make a new one. It's just like a cell phone now. Like I remember the original yeah. GoPro lasted forever, and now it's like they're they're on like what like six or something. Mm-hmm. Like they're just throwing them out there, and they're all changing sizes and shapes nonstop now. Yeah, the session the session seems perfect for like if you're gonna you know have it on a barrel mount or or maybe a loader mount. Um, but it seems like the, a good size to kind of stay out of your way because for me. If if I I had a really hard time um, using anything if I wanted to film anything like on my barrel because I I have both my eyes open and I look down the side each side of my barrel and if I have anything obstructing that I might as well not even play like I'm just I, I yeah you focused on it exactly I'm just I can't I can't see anything uh, if there's like a screw or something like in my way I can't do it. So if yeah, if you can do something where you can just click it into the top of your loader or the front side of your loader and have it forget about it, I'll be I'll be fine. I'll be able to film everything all day. But yeah, until then, yeah, it's not gonna fucking happen. Um, but where can uh, where can people find you and um, how can people contact you about questions about Bunker King or just about paintball questions in uh, in general? So the best thing is my Instagram, JasonFK13. That's the tag on there. Um, Facebook is it locks you out at five thousand. So I don't know. I have like a stupid amount of friend requests that I can't ever get to until people <laughs> delete me. Um, and then obviously, yeah, like I'm always the guy who responds on the Bunker Kings channels on Instagram and stuff like that. So whether you want to hit me up on there, but the easiest is just to add me directly on Instagram, my personal one. It's the one that I use. You know, to post everything paintball related, family related. Like, I don't try to split it up too much. I run the damage one as well, but like that one, it's just like you know, a business one. It gets a stupid amount of messages. So, yeah. if anyone wants to talk, I'm frequent mine, personal one more than any of them. And it's Jason FK13. Cool man. Well, thank you so much, dude. I appreciate your time, and uh, I can't wait yeah, to see you, you guys out there. And you know, it's you guys look, you guys look scary, and. Uh, you guys look sharp, yeah. dude. It's it's going to be exciting. It's going to be an interesting year, to say the least. For sure, man. Appreciate you having me on here. No worries, bud. Anytime. We'll see you soon. Right. Later. Yep, later, dude. Hey, Jason. It was a pleasure having you on, man. I had a great time, and it was, uh, it was great hearing your story. And that guy is a killer, man. He is just intense on the field. Um, and you can tell, I mean, the, the, the background that he has of how much paintball he has actually played it, I mean, it shows in, you know, in figures like him and, and other stars in the game, it all comes down to not just repetition, but just, I mean, just playing the game in general, in all kinds of situations, you know, and you know how he was talking about how just shooting and just just doing small drills but then also just playing as much paintball as possible whatever it takes man whatever it takes so thank you jason very much it was a pleasure uh a big shout out to our sponsors charm city paintball uh, please if you are looking for something make sure you give mike a uh give him a little peeky peek again on instagram and facebook and you can see everything that he has over there uh and I, you'll, you'll find something that you uh, that you will like that will catch your eye. We are also sponsored, and a big thank you to Melavio, our uh, our little CBD company that we have matched up with and have been using for a while. That I have been extremely extremely happy with as well. 
Um, make sure you check them out, M-E-L-L-O-V-E-O.com. And uh, don't forget that promo code, capital T-P-O-P, for 15% off your entire order. So stack that cart. Stack it at cart. 15% off. And thank you to you, everybody listening. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. I do. I really do. And thank you so much for listening. Um, it's going to be a crazy season, man. There's, It's interesting. Interesting to say the least. And I cannot wait for the warmer weather so I can get out there and play some paintballs. Because uh, we have like you know, six inches of snow on the ground right now. So it's going to be a little tough. A little tough. But yeah, thank you everybody out there for listening. Much appreciated. Please stay safe. Do not text and drive. And, uh, and make sure you tune in to podcasts like this one. And we'll see you again here soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.